Welcome to Handelite's first and unique radio program in Rwanda, a place where voices of the most marginalized and stigmatized persons in our communities are amplified. Welcome, uh, Ganza. Um, I'm really excited to have you on this podcast, and I'm looking forward to our discussion. And uh, our guest today is Ganza Thierry, and I don't want to say much about him, but I know that he cares about disability, and um, I would like to give him room to share about himself, to tell us more about who he is, why he, what he's doing, and why he's doing what he's doing. Okay. Yeah, thank you, Lena, for having me here. Yes, uh, just like Lena introduced me, my name is Ganza Thierry. And I'm a third year Global Challenges student at the African Leadership University. I'm currently working on a mission of uh, catering to the needs of podocognosis patients in Rwanda. And, and now I'm thinking of focusing my, my mission in Yamashiki district because it's the case that has the highest prevalence of podocognosis in Rwanda. Yeah, so basically uh, that's what I've been working on. All right, so po- I really don't know how to pronounce that word. Please help me pronounce it. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Podoconiosis. Podoconiosis. Exactly. Okay, tell us more about what it stands for. Yeah, actually, uh, podoconiosis, it is a non-communicable disease, which is caused by the exposure of benefits to, to, to irritant alkaline soils. So these are like soils that contain silica. So whenever someone um, spends a long time uh, moving bare, barefooted or uh, living their time uh, without wearing shoes, then uh, depending on the genes of that person, there is a risk that he or she might contract this disease, which is called podoconiosis. Then that's when you find someone having swollen feet. You know, like uh, this sometimes happen, like when you walk on the streets, like or when you go to the countryside and you see someone sitting on the road begging, but while having feet that have swollen, swollen to an extent that you can't imagine. Yeah, so that's the disease. That's, that's really interesting. Um, can you tell us more about, you know, how you got to choose that as your mission? So for people who don't really know, um, so he's a student at the African Leadership University, which I am as well, and we choose missions and not majors. So basically you choose something like a problem in, in, in society or in communities or a challenge, a global challenge, and then you set to actually do something about it and you make it your mission, you make it your life's mission to really you know, contribute to that. So tell us how you got to that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, so I first of all got, got to that when I was uh, moving uh, from, from home. No I, no, I mean from work to, to home. Yeah, so I was basically traveling across the road from, from Romero to Chimonoho. Then I saw someone who was sitting on the road and begging but that person had this disease. And by then I didn't even know what the condition was. You know, that person had swollen feet and then there were some, some nodules on the feet. So that was like horrible seeing a person like that. And because I think it was uh, my, my first time seeing a person like that one, uh, because I had seen those people from books, let's say, like when I was studying science in primary, because they used to show us different diseases, like the one which is called elephantiasis, where you could see pictures of someone with, with swollen feet, like, like the feet of an elephant. Yeah, then when I saw a person live, so I was shocked and wondered, like, uh, what is this person suffering from? Then I go to the person, close to the person, and I gave him some money. Uh, 
But then I was feeling scared when I was giving him the money because I thought that this disease was contagious. And then I was like, what if I help this person with the money? Yeah, then in the next two or three, the same swollen feet, then I could be like, you know, that will be uh, horrific for me. Yeah, so I had a little conversation with this guy and I asked him, is this disease contagious? Then he said, no, no, this disease is not contagious. Yes, so I just wondered why that person was begging and I wondered if there are doctors to treat that condition. Yeah, so it made me to make other research to, to understand this disease, uh, to know if it has a cure, to know, to know if that person can at least get the basic treatment. Yeah, so I got into the research and found that there is a lot that we have to know. And that's why I just got interested in this disease. Yeah, thank you. Wow. Um... You know what, thank you so much for bringing that up. Uh, you mentioned that you were kind of scared when you reached out to that person to give them money. You were scared to give them, you know, something and you were scared that it was going to, I mean, you were scared that it was gonna be contagious. And um, a big part of my mission is to really bring awareness to different disabilities in Rwanda. Cause a lot of times people are scared. People have this idea that, oh my God, this person is maybe demon possessed or, they did something yeah. horrible and that's why they like that. And it's just, it's really, it's, it's really sad that people still have these perceptions and social norms that make it, you know, what it is today. So like, you know, what do you think about um, how, what people understand, like what people think the problem actually is and what reality is. How do you think those two things connect? Like, how do you think it affects the lives of persons living with a disability? Especially, yeah, yeah, sure. especially in your context with people having, um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, podokoniosis. Yes, I don't want to pronounce this wrong. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yes, yes. Actually, thank you for, for that question because it, uh, it talks about the different realities that these patients have been going through. Yeah, so there are certain misconceptions with people, especially those from the rural places, because they're like, this person was bewitched or maybe demon possessed. Yeah, things like those. Yeah, so these patients uh, live a horrible life. It's a life of social stigma because they're restricted from joining different places. You know, they say like, if you're a man or a woman, you know that it's difficult for you to get married to, to, to someone else because they're like this person has polyconiosis and i can't just marry them yeah or uh you can't even have a certain kind of job because they're like why should we hire this person or there are different responsibilities that people can give you because they're like uh this this person doesn't deserve this or that yeah so there is uh, this social stigma uh, that that these patients go through and it's not and this is not easy for them yeah, so I think that uh, what what people need, especially uh, those from the rural those from the rural areas, since it's where this disease is prevalent, they need to get educated about this disease to know its root cause, uh, because it is more of uh, scientifically related. It is caused uh, uh, by things that can be scientifically proven, and it is not as a result of uh, uh, let's say witchcraft, as people say. Yeah, so they need education. Yeah, uh, basically, that's what I can say on that question. I think, and I, and I don't know if I have it. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. I think it's really interesting that, um, like, first of all, honestly, as much as I am having this discussion with you, I am actually learning from you as well. And um, basically, my mission is to, you know, as I said, like, 
create a movement for social change and inclusivity. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is to provide, to make sure that persons living with a disability in Rwanda are provided with the adequate social, emotional, physical support they need in order for them to lead healthy and dignified lives. So me having this discussion with you and seeing how the problem of stigma is something that we share, um, you know, regarding this, like it's really mind blowing to see the extent at which like this doesn't just happen to one person living with a certain type of disability. It happens to most of them that have like, maybe let's say a visible uh, physical disability. So um, tell us more about, um, you know, some of the things that on your journey with this mission that really blew your mind or maybe made you sit back and try to think more about, you know, what you're trying to do. Tell us more about, you know, some of the things you've met uh, like along your journey. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, what I did first of all was to conduct research because I wanted to know more about this disease. By then I didn't even know the name of the disease because I thought that, that it was elephantiasis, just like we learned it in primary. Yeah. Then I just wanted to know uh, if we have cases of elephantiasis in Rwanda. So what I learned is that we don't have, uh, that we don't have elephantiasis because because elephantiasis, it is caused by a bite from a, from the Culex mosquito. Yes, so so we don't have such cases in Rwanda of that disease, elephantiasis. But what we have is podoconiosis. Yeah, because uh, when you look at this uh, at the statistics of this country, you will find that uh, let's say that more than seventy percent of the population are subsistence farmers. You know, uh, yes, and you will just realize that most of them do this farming while barefooted. So. Uh, and since uh, these soils where they conduct farming uh, have uh, different particles that, that may contribute to this disease, especially soils containing silica. So whenever people go to these soils, especially volcanic soils, they go there barefooted, spend the rest of their lives barefooted. And this disease just shows up at a time that they didn't expect, you know, because there are some people that I met and they were like, you know what, I just suffered from this disease when I was like, uh, let's say 16 years, 17 years. So it came as a surprise to them. Yes, but then uh, what blew my mind is uh, when I learned stories from the people who got this disease at a young age, you know, you can just imagine, uh, let's say you've been going to school in primary and then this disease comes, you just see your feet swelling and it just happens when you weren't expecting it and they could just tell me how they could feel pain during the night. Yes, and then as this swelling kept increasing, they could go to school and they could experience issues of social stigma, just like we've been saying, where their classmates could mock them and be like, look at third person, you can just imagine their classmates telling them those bad, those bad words, yet they are also having issues because they, because they cannot manage to walk, you know, they can barely walk. Yeah, so... Uh, what I did uh, was to conduct research to know, to know if there is treatment that these people re receive. So what I came to realize is that there is only one center catering to the needs of these patients, only one center in the whole country. Yeah. So this center is located. So uh, what blew my mind is that there are 6,529 patients in Rwanda. You know, that is something that no one could ever believe. Because when I saw that patient, I was just thinking that there may be like 100 patients in the country, but I was surprised to realize that there are 6,000, more than 6,000 patients. 
Yes, and yet there is only one center catering to the needs of those patients, you know, treating them. Yeah. So, wow. Did you say 6,000 patients with sure. one center catering for them? Like, did I hear you right? Yeah, sure. That's what I stated. Wow. Oh, like, I honestly, um, actually, I was going to ask you, you know, how, about, and you just said what I was actually going to ask you, like, I was thinking, um, you know, this is something that starts, um, it doesn't, it's not something, it's not a condition that someone gets born with, like, you know, comes, it's something that happens, and it happens because of different things that are preventable, and um, tell me more about, you know, those centers that help them. What do they do? Like, how do they help them? Okay. Yeah, sure. So, uh, just like I've had, just, just like I've stated before, there is there is only one center which is located in Musanze District, and and statistics uh, show that Musanze District has three hundred patients, which is five percent of the total patient population, and this means that the remaining ninety five percent don't have access to the treatment. Yes, and uh, this disease, uh, since it is. Uh, since it has no cure or no vaccine, you know, what they do is to deal with the symptoms that will make sure that they provide you with the basic treatment such that the swelling of your feet might reduce. You know, uh, so what they do is to, first of all, start with a foot bath. So what they do is to uh, have your feet dipped in a basin uh, that contains water and certain chemical particles like jig. Yeah, so jig is what they usually use and then you just try that, let's say, like every day, every day, every day, uh, so that the germs might uh, get away from your feet, and you know, uh, so the swelling starts decreasing slowly by slowly. Yes, and there is also the the foot bandaging that they do. Yes, but the bandaging is mainly done for those uh, that may have, uh, let's say, like uh, injuries. Yes, so they just uh, do different kinds of treatment. Uh, to make sure that, that someone's swelling can reduce. And I have seen patients whose conditions change, let's say like after three years. So you could see someone who had a swollen foot that had swollen like, like the foot of an elephant. But then because of the treatment that they got from that center, you could see that the foot had turned back to normal. But then uh, people from the center, especially the, the physiotherapist told me that those people, what they have to do is to make sure that they keep abiding by the same guidelines that they told them they have to make sure that they keep wearing shoes, that they don't go back to those fields barefooted because in case they don't abide by the principles that they told them, then, then it is likely that they could find themselves back in the same condition. Yeah, so basically that's what they're told to do, but it's not that easy because there are patients who have been getting treatment, let's say like for the past seven years. Yes, but they still have the swelling. Or you can even find that the swelling has reduced but then they have nodules and so nodules are like uh, uh, pimples, you know, tiny pimples that they have. Yeah. Yes, and the sad reality is that in Rwanda, we don't have uh, people who are specialists to, to like conduct minor surgeries for the nodules. Yes, and I was also curious to know like, uh, why is it that, that there is only one center? Why can't we have doctors treating these people? Then they told me that uh, doctors don't know how to deal with that. Yes, and there is also research which was conducted. There is a paper that I was reading today where they were saying that uh, 
they were just visiting community health workers or doctors to know what they know about this disease. And they just realized that most of the community health workers don't even know about this disease. And, and about 70% of them had the misconceptions, which we were talking about, where they were saying that they can't get close to these people because they think that maybe they can contaminate them with the disease. Yeah, so uh, people don't have knowledge about this disease. And they even told me that doctors have not learned how to treat the disease because it was not incorporated in the curriculum of the medical schools. Yeah, so which is a challenge that we're facing and we have to uh, deal with it and see how doctors can, can learn how to treat this condition. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm really, well, I'm, I'm shocked by everything that you're saying. Um, I was going to ask you, why should everyone care about this? And um, I think you answered partially to that because you said that, first of all, even the doctors probably don't know how to treat it. And um, if, even if they can or can help, um, for example, you mentioned that nurses um, have, you know, stigma. So it's really important to like really tackle down on the awareness and reduce um, stigmatization towards these persons living with a disability. And um, that's, I, I'm just, I'm really just taking in everything that you're saying and um, I'd like to know, so for, for example, in my case, um, a lot of my mission is to really like engage with uh, persons living with a disability in order for them to have like a platform, you know, where they can share their, you know, stories and, you know, be heard by different kinds of people from different backgrounds. Um, but with COVID, it's really been hard to interact with people face to face and, um, I really also wanted my platform to be about um, reaching out to people in rural areas, people that might not have the chance to have a platform, you know, that helps them amplify their voices. Yeah. So tell me, as you're going through your mission, what are some of the restrictions or some of the things that went or stopped going because of COVID? And also when it comes to those um, uh, persons living with uh, podoconosis, if I'm pronouncing yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. How, how, no, how does COVID come into this? How does it come into this element? Oh, yeah. Okay. So basically, what I managed to do was to conduct research and I wouldn't. Okay. So the main challenge that I faced was to like uh, meet with many patients to see how they get treatment, you know, because uh, right now it's a challenge to like bring all the patients together and treat them together. Yeah. So, so it's a challenge because. Because at first patients could just come come to that center like on the same day, get the basins, get the the medicine that they use those chemicals, get the soaps and socks, you know, uh, shoes, whatever they just need. Yes, but now it has changed because they have to come in few numbers and come like once a month. Yeah, so so it's so it was not that easy to see the patients and. Uh, see how they get the, the treatment yeah but then what i managed to do was to to talk to some of these patients because i managed to do them yeah so so i just uh, got to know uh, much more about what they've been going through yeah so basically that's the challenge i face i don't know if there is another question that you posed and i didn't manage to answer it yes, um, may let me know. i think i think uh i think we really went um we really addressed, you know, 
why the stigma and you know what's going on on the field and as we kind of wrap up our discussion i really want you um to tell us like you know tell tell the people who are listening to this tell the people something that you want them to stay with at the end of this conversation what do you want people to stay with okay yeah thank you yeah so first of all uh what I want people is to know that podokoniosis, it is a disease that exists and we have uh, many cases because it's prevalent in our country. Yes, and people should not stay, stay ignorant about it and they should know that it is not contagious. Yeah, so they have to uh, work on it and we have to work together to ensure that, that this disease gets, gets eradicated on, in our country. So we should do whatever it takes to ensure that there, there, there is, or there, there are zero cases of polyphenesis in Rwanda, and this is possible. So, uh, what I can remind these people is that uh, polyphenesis has five phases, and the fifth phase is the most dangerous one. Yeah, because that is where the joint and toe fixation takes place. Yeah, yeah. So when the joints uh, get fixed together, uh, what happens next is paralysis. Yeah. So which means that the patients have only two, two options. One is to stay paralyzed, and the second is to have their legs amputated. And there are patients who have got their legs amputated because there was no other choice. Yeah, so it's a sad reality, and there is something that you can do about it as, as Rwandans and as the rest of the world, because it is even prevalent in neighboring countries in tropical African regions. Yeah, so we should... Uh, we should just recall that there are patients suffering from this from this disease. We should uh, come together, collaborate, you know, bring bring the fans, and uh, go to search for those patients in different places to at least make sure that the treatment can can increase from five percent to let's say a hundred percent because it is possible. Whenever we work together, we can achieve anything. Yeah, thank you. So much. What I'm my key takeaways from this call to action is that one um, gather the funds and um, these funds can go towards prevention and it can also go towards supporting the patients that are already affected by this um, disability. So um, I'd say um, I'm I'm honestly looking forward to more collaboration with you and um, I'm really honored that you you know, took your time and joined me in this conversation. Thank you so much. And um, I'm looking forward to all the amazing things that you'll be doing with your mission project. Yeah.